Hey y'all, hope you're having a wonderful day. This is Every Mom Needs a Friend, and I'm excited for today's episode because it's one of those, like I sat down, pressed record, and just talked. It's kind of wild how sometimes I do this, and so I want y'all to know that so much of this podcast is totally prayed over and thought over like a year in advance, but then I like purposely put in these gap weeks of Anna, just feel what feels right in that week, in that moment. What's on your heart? What are you going through with your kids? You know, there's all these new things that are happening all the time because my family has expanded and that we live in this place that's different. But also just as life changes and I have more time to do some things, but then some things seem more difficult. Not to be too vague, I guess my point is, is this weekend was a very fun, full weekend. We actually went down to Portland. My sweet, sweet husband had a coffee expo down there. As y'all know, we're in the coffee industry. And my husband had a booth at the Specialty Coffee Association Expo. And typically these type of conventions are super far away or just Christopher is so busy, which he was. But we kind of see it as an opportunity as this was close enough that we should make a full family trip out of it. And my parents wanted to come out too. So what was really fun is we started the weekend by going down on a train. We took the girls on a train. Ellie has been on a train before with my parents just for like a fun thing when little poppy PJ plant was born. And so this time was my first time going down and it was just a, I want to say a four hour train ride, super easy. And we had a lot of fun, like exciting plans ahead. Now I will say traveling with three kids and two grandparents and myself and being in a hotel room and you know, just being in a different city and being in a city, it's just difficult to navigate our way around. And especially the area we were in, it wasn't super walkable just because there was a little bit of a homeless issue right outside our um, hotel. And so because of that, we kind of were sequestered to the hotel. But what makes it cool about that is the people that were local in Portland were able to come to us. So my college bestie came and visited us with her little girl, my cousin and aunt and uncle were able to come visit. But also we had this Mac Daddy indoor pool. And that's such like a Pacific Northwest thing because like there's not enough months in a year with the sun out that makes you want to actually be outside in an outdoor pool. And so this indoor pool was so cool and so family friendly, very shallow, and all the girls loved it. So that was really sweet and definitely a way to like get the wiggles out. I mean, the girls one night, I let them swim till 8.30. I am a go to bed on time person, but I was like, they're having so much fun. We're about to go back to no pool land. And I just feel like Ellie's been on this cool trajectory of being in private swim lessons leading up to Hawaii and then swimming from dawn to dusk in Hawaii. And I was excited for her to try out her skills again just after a couple weeks. And then in a couple months, we're going to go to Minnesota with my family to a little fishing camp up there. So she's going to get more cousin time and more swimming time. So I'm looking forward to all these different opportunities for her to hone in her swimming skills. Also, one last thing just to update y'all on is... Some of y'all might know this because you know me from years, years, years past, but soccer is my sport. I absolutely love soccer. I've been trying to get into tennis. Y'all know that. But soccer is truly my sport, um, which actually makes tennis very hard because the eye-hand coordination isn't really there. The eye-foot coordination's there. So like the tennis pro always says, you can actually get to the ball. You always make it there. What you actually do when you get there, if you actually do the right thing when you get there, probably not. But you actually get to the ball, and that's half the battle, (laughs) which I'm like, okay, great. But anyway, soccer is my sport. And so there's this weird thing. I hope y'all understand and feel me of like, 
I don't want to pressure my kids to play the sports that I want to play or that I think is cool. Any sport that they want to do and really any activity that they want to do that will bring them joy and kind of nurture them in a team aspect or being a part of something bigger than you aspect or, you know, having discipline and perseverance and going out when days don't feel good. Those type of attributes are super important for me. And I want the girls to learn and know that that doesn't mean they have to be soccer players. But I will also say in the same breath, if you have a sport that you absolutely love, how fun is it to watch your kid play that sport? Now, I will say Ellie's in this little four to five-year-old league, and it's an outdoor league, which again, Pacific Northwest, it's rainy, it's cold, sometimes not fun to get out. But I'm like, we're going to do this, Ellie. And I signed up because I'm like, well, I could assistant coach. I, you know, I'll be there every once in a while. Christopher might have to take or we'll send her with a babysitter. But oh, no, no, no. I have been recruited to become the head coach because no one signed up to be head coach. So you're looking at the head coach of Ellie's four to five-year-olds. And I will say there's something really fun because I've had such an array of great coaches, not that I'm really doing much at the four to five-year-old level, but I just know that coaches stand out in your mind if they were a really good coach. And for a lot of these kids, this is their first take on soccer. So although I'm not really worried about the skills, I do want them to love the sport. But I will say just like being honest, kind of speaking to y'all as friends, I don't know if I do a good job of coaching my own kid. And if you've heard me say this before, I'm sorry, but I actually don't do a great job when like Christopher and I are playing a sport together and he gives me feedback. There's some sort of pride in me that doesn't do a good job when someone is giving me feedback that is a family member. And I don't know how to explain that. And I'm very sorry. I'm sure if my brother was giving feedback, if my sweet husband, even if my daughter was giving me feedback, I bet that's my blind spot. And I bet that's something I would struggle with. And it's hard because Christopher and I love to play sports and we love to be competitive together, but we haven't actually figured out, is it better for us to be on the same team going against or against each other so that he can't coach me? Like, it seems strange. Like you would think like, we're in this marriage, we're in this life together. We work day in and day out, hand in hand on different decisions. And we do actually a lot of family decisions and big decisions shockingly well. But when it comes to these little tiny nothing games like pickleball or tennis, or even when we played indoor soccer together, we actually just didn't thrive. It wasn't the best picture of Christopher and Anna together being on the same team. So I don't know what that really says about me. Some psychologists out there tell me what that means, but I'm saying this all this to say that I'm not sure I'm a great coach of my daughter. I love her. Y'all know I love Ellie with like so much of me, but it's really hard because I'm such a people pleaser. Part of me is that, that I'm like, well, if I'm in between putting in two kids and I can't decide, okay, who's been in longer, who's been in shorter, I'm gonna give Ellie the short end of the stick. Cause I'm just like, I don't want anyone to think I'm like playing favorites to my own daughter. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, why am I even bringing Ellie out here if I'm not gonna sub her in? And they also have these little medals you're supposed to give. So you're supposed to have like a sportsmanship value for each week. So like this week it was respect. And so I'm supposed to talk about what does respect mean out on the soccer field or to your teammates or to your coaches? And so I'm supposed to every week give the little medal to one of the kids. And so I already have two of the medals given away. And next week I'm like, okay, I'm now, you know, made my impact of making sure that Ellie wasn't the first or second medal. But if she's truly showing the sportsmanship value, I need to give it to her and I need to just be okay with that. I need to kind of like take off mom hat and put on coach hat. 
but it's hard because she's so little and she wants to hold my hand the whole time and she is so sweetly proud that like I'm the coach and she you know tells people at school and that is so sweet I also don't want to be too hard on her or too soft on her you know what I mean like how do I do that when she's my own kid also makes me wonder if I would be absolutely horrible at homeschool just something to throw out there but that being said that is literally nothing to do with what we're talking about today we have a lot of interesting stuff ahead now I Put together some notes like literally three bullet points and one of them was talking about kind of attachment theory and i wanted to kind of explain that well but i'm sure there's people out there who have studied and know attachment theory when it comes to kids a lot better than i do so please don't take like everything i'm saying is this is fact this is what attachment theory is and this is how to make sure you have good attachment i don't really know i would love a lot of insight on that i would love to take like a parenting class as a mom of three because it just feels like sometimes you're sitting there and you're like I don't know if I'm doing this right. But with all that, I really do want to say that there are some things that I'm like, after being a wife for 10 years and a mom for almost five years, there's some things that I've learned and I would really love to share with those. And that's what I do today. But I also feel like I had it in my heart to just encourage you and to make sure that y'all don't take your bad days and decide that that is who you are. Because none of us should do that. Mom or not, wife or not, mom of three or mom of one or mom to adopted kids or mom to kids with certain disabilities. It does not matter. We are so hard on ourselves as parents, as moms, as women. And so I'm really just sitting here being like, you are awesome. You are so great. I want everyone to like collectively breathe in I am awesome and breathe out, I am great. And the reason we are y'all is because God is in us and we are made in his image. So, whoo, okay. That being said, I'm going to release you to today's episode. I'm excited about it. Sorry for the long intro, but the kind of meat of it isn't that long and I'll give you a short outro on the backside. So anyway, love y'all so much. Enjoy today's episode. Let's talk a little bit about the negative people out there. I feel like we all can be negative some way, sometimes. But for me, I feel like I do kind of pride myself on that. I try to look for the best in people. I try to look for the best in myself and the best in my kids. And also, I just feel like it's the phase of life I'm going through. I have a lot of empathy for other people with kids, with a lot of kids, pregnant people, women. I just feel like I really am in it. And so I definitely know I look out for those people and try to uplift them as much as possible. I mean, I even have this whole podcast. So you could say I kind of do have this purpose of wanting to make sure people feel seen and heard and just kind of, I don't know, the motto of every mom needs a friend is kind of the idea that moms can be surrounded by so many people but be so lonely. And so I definitely don't want to be overlooked or unseen. And I think even times in marriage when that has happened, that's when I have been hurt the most. And so what's weird is like when I'm walking through a grocery store and someone says, wow, you got your hands full. They're definitely looking at me, but they're not thinking about how that is going to be perceived by me. And so I definitely do the smart aleck thing back of, yeah, hands full, but my heart is fuller. And some people, they'll laugh or like take that. But some people, I just feel like they're looking to kind of just be negative and spread negativity. And so I definitely want kind of today's talk to be around that simple idea of kind of being positive in what you say, but also what you think, like take those thoughts captive. But going back to that thought of just like when I'm walking and people comment on having three kids or when I was pregnant with Poppy and I had, you know, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, it kind of does look a little crazy. But I'll tell you, even on the other side, I feel like, I don't know if this happens to y'all, Sometimes I get so annoyed that when I'm walking through a crowd, I don't want to have special privilege because I have kids or that I'm using a stroller. 
But I just think it's like human decency to kind of like see that I'm walking or maybe hold the door for me when I'm walking towards it. I mean, I just feel like it's the chivalrous thing to do. And it's not even about male, female. I hold the door open for anybody that needs the door held open for them. But I just have this current like, oh, pet peeve that just bothers me so much when it feels like I'm walking and like, no offense, not trying to make this a male, female, but just like men, they just like don't pay attention. Or sometimes even me, like I'm like, oh my goodness, I just feel like it's so easy to say, oops, sorry about that, or excuse me, or I'm sorry, we're dancing, you know, when you're walking back and forth and trying to figure out which way, going left, going right, and I mean, obviously, we should all just be going right, right? Like, we're in America, so we go on the right side, but enough of that. That's just kind of, like, derailing me from my whole point. It's just something that's, like, irking me nowadays, but so let me switch gears. So I had this episode, and truly, I think it was this whole parenting series. Earlier this year, I posted, like, late January, early February, And it was really something I was passionate about just a couple months ago, and I really think y'all should go back and listen to it. But I just feel like that's what's been on my heart. Like when I think of, um, it is, let's see, it's Mark 12, 31, love your neighbor as yourself. And it's a quite simple command, and it is a huge command. And my mom would remind us that in order to be able to kind of spill out love and grace for others, you need to start with how you view yourself and remember how God sees us because of and through Jesus' sacrifice, that's what our identity is. And I just want to challenge y'all today with that idea that you kind of have to change the way you think of yourself. Um, As moms, as adults, as parents, as friends, you need to stubbornly speak truth over your kids, but over yourself as well. And so when you, you know, tell your kids like, oh my gosh, you're great, you're strong, you're brave, you're beautiful. Like you also need to be saying those things to yourself. And it could be some sort of like repairing of an inner voice, maybe that someone was speaking to you when you were younger. But I'm just so big about like, oh my gosh, I'm forming my daughter's inner voice or I'm forming how they view themselves and view the world. So what are these little people that I'm helping create? Not just inside the womb, but once they're outside the womb. And I think of them and I think of, you know, how privileged I feel that I get to be with them all day and spend so much time with them and really just think about molding them to who they're going to become. And, you know, it's so important to create a healthy, emotional kid so that when they're launched, they're like good people. And it makes me think about, have you ever heard of um, attachment theory? I'm like, not a psychologist. I'm not going to be giving any like tips on how to have attachment theory work or not work. I really don't even know how to say it, but I'm not going to speak much to it just because it's not my area of expertise. But what I will say is how it's commonly brought up to me is that in kids and babies, they need to develop a relationship with like at least one primary caregiver, parent, in order to have a normal social and emotional development structure. And I think here the big deal is security. And that's something that I have the privilege of giving to my kids. So when I think about the fact that I have three kids, four and under, almost five and under, which is crazy, it's just been told to me that when they're under five, that has this like profound impact on who they are is what those years are like. So how they develop, how they handle emotions you know, when they're older, when they're younger, and just truly the rest of their life, it like feels like it's a huge deal to be working with them when they're five and under. And that starts at birth or inside the womb. And I just feel like my dad and I were recently talking about how important it is for babies to have physical contact. And my dad has been the star of the show. He's so good. Baby whisperer, really great with kids, really great with babies and infants, which is something unique that I don't see in a lot of, I would say, grown men. But he is just such a baby guy. He will sit with 
the baby all day. He loves giving bottles. He doesn't mind to do all the dirty work, but he loves just holding a baby all day. But we were talking about this, and so it led me to want to, like, research a little more about um, physical contact in babies. And so in preparation for this episode, I was looking at this article and it said, I'll read it here, touch is essential for human survival. Babies who are deprived of touch can fail to thrive, lose weight, and even pass away. Babies and young children who do not get touched also have lower levels of the growth hormone, so a lack of touch can eventually stunt a child's growth. So like, I kept thinking like growth in terms of like mental development, but even physical development. So it's kind of a shocking thing. And I know that that's kind of like jarring to think about. And I just like feel very bent and torn towards what it's like to think about, oh my gosh, like there are babies out there who are not getting touched and that will make anybody cry. But so when I think about my kids, they already start from the beginning of they get a lot of physical contact all day. I am super involved. I stay at home. Um, but they are cuddly girls. And I will say that I hit that point at the end of the night where I'm like, if one more person crawls on me, I'm going to lose it. But I am really thankful and really grateful that I do have snuggly girls and Christopher loves it. He is such a snuggly guy. So he's like, come cuddle with me for hours where I would say that's not my cup of tea. Like I don't rock my kids to sleep. That's one of my big things. And I have friends who have talked to me about this, that they're like, what is in you that allows you to walk away from your kids when they're crying? And I know that sounds really bad. And I really am not trying to give much more of a picture of that because I know this is the internet. I don't want you to form an opinion of me and my kids and my family outside of the bounds of what I want to tell you. But I definitely don't rock my kids to sleep. That's what I'll start with. And I guess I'll say one more thing. I definitely have introduced like the cry it out method at a certain point with each of my kids. But there's just so many different views out there on literally any type of parenting style or decision or type. And it's really hard to not jump into this comparison game and kind of blame or shame game. And although this is a blanket statement kind of here, I just want you to know that no matter if you work in the home or out of the home or you're a stay-at-home mom or your husband stays at home or just the fact that you're like listening to this podcast trying to better yourself and you're, you know, making good decisions for your kids every day and maybe making really tough decisions for your kids every day, I just am going to go ahead and say it. You're a good mom. And if you snapped at your kids today or you got overstimulated and needed a break or you maybe had the most epic, amazing, memory-creating, joyful day, or let me just say, even if you've had like the most monotonous, generic, run-of-the-mill day, you are a good mom and you need to stop and remember that. And I think it's really important when we think about even like kids' diets, don't just look at the time with your kids that day. Look in way bigger chunks instead of like, oh, how did I handle it today? Or what was their personality today? Or what did they eat today? Think of it like weeks or months and work hard over all the time that you have, but just don't beat yourself up on today. And yeah, so not to really like go on this soapbox for much longer. I just wanted to give you some encouragement today. Number one, you need to separate your kids' successes from you. So if your kids are successful, Maybe you've added to it, or maybe you haven't. If your kid's having a bad day, maybe you've added to it, or maybe you haven't. And the humbleness that comes with when your kids are thriving or when kids are having a tough time, remembering that maybe you affect them like 20%. Work really hard with your 20%. But for the people out there that look like they have their ish together, they're going to have some bad days too. And for the people out there who look like they're struggling, they're going to have some good moments in there too. And so we all kind of over the board are going to have our moments of good and bad. 
And so it's really easy to compare here. It's really easy to have some shame. It's really easy to look at others and think I'm better or worse than them. But I think that it starts with internally remembering that your kids, their success has nothing to do if you have been perfect. Because by the way, nobody is. And I was going to say this, and it's something that I want my girls to know for sure, but I also feel like shoot, this is a good thing for us mamas to say too. And it's something I kind of shared at the beginning. It's that your value isn't whether you do right and wrong. It's in who God sees you as and who you belong to. So remember that today, gals, and foster an environment for your kiddos to feel that grace too, because that's how ultimately they are going to be the best version of themselves. And that can be what your hand in it is. But this like lofty goal of having perfect kids and everything being the most perfect days, it's just not going to happen. And I've had plenty of those days recently but honestly I've had a lot of really perfect days too recently so at the end of the day the perfect days and the bad days they're all just a part of it and if we look at the 18 years like I've talked about a million times on this podcast go back and listen to the parenting series you'll hear it a hundred times but if we think of all the time that we have with them it can both make the moments super significant and really exciting and kind of sad to think of them as fleeting but it also can give you the grace to know that that moment is not going to be how it's going to be forever lots of changes, lots of seasons that can happen in 18 years. But also you only have 18 years. And although that's an overgeneralization, really think of it as like we have this limited time, but we do have time. So keep your chin up as my sweet husband says all the time and know that you really are a good mom. And that's my encouragement for you today. Hope you enjoyed. Does it bug y'all as much as it bugs me when I ask you to enjoy something? (laughs) I don't know why I do that. It's very funny. Like it's like such a cool position to be in to listen to yourself and be like, wow, this is what I say a lot, which brings me to my big question for today. So collectively, let's get our hands ready. One, two, three. Ooh, okay. So for today, today's big question is, what is the catchphrase that your husband says all the time? Like what's something that is true to them? So for me, I said it at the end of the episode, my husband says like, keep your chin up. Or us Duffies, my little sweet family, we have a motto that says Duffies don't give up. And even sweet little Kate will say Duffies don't give up. And it's something that I want all of us to kind of know and do. And when they're older, they have that ringing in their head. But Christopher is just a catchphrase guy. There's so many that I want to say to you right now. Some of them are appropriate and some aren't. But at the end of the day, Christopher is that type of guy that's just a chief cheerleader, a big encourager. He's really good at that. And so when I think about Christopher, I think about keep your chin up. And it makes me think about ultimately that when we have these difficult circumstances that you are called to remain cheerful. And the way that we do remain cheerful is knowing that our hope doesn't rest in these difficult circumstances and that we can know for sure that we're gonna have difficult circumstances. But I love sweet Christopher and I think of him grabbing my chin and saying, Anna, keep your chin up, you got this. So I don't know if there's any phrases that your husband say. My husband says those type of things all the time. And so I'm just asking the question to you, but hope y'all have a wonderful day. Be sure to check me out on Instagram. I posted a lot this weekend, kind of talking about Portland and what we did there, what I talked about at the beginning of the episode, but love y'all so much and be sure to catch up with me next week. All right, y'all have a great day. Bye.